This is the Scott Bradley Show podcast. Let me now introduce you to the brightest panel on Hamilton Radio. We do this every Friday, and we always have great, great, great people who come in here. Today, I'm very happy about who's here, very excited about who's here, because we did this once before with them, with these two, a couple months ago, and I got to tell you, I immediately started getting emails saying, uh, do that again, please. So we respond. We are here on the Scott Radley Show. We are all about serving you. So that's what we've done tonight. First of all, uh, one of our most regular guests, which who we are always thrilled to have here, Mike Fortune from Cable 14, from City Matters, and... Hamilton Cardinals baseball and a plethora of different programming needs for your for the viewers out there. Good to be here, Scotty. If Welcome back. If you turn on cable fourteen almost any hour of the day or night, chances are you will see Mike Fortune's face and hair. And the great thing is, you can change the channel so you don't have to look at me. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, next to him, a guy who also appears ironically on cable fourteen, slightly different time. He is a little bit later in the evening, not because he is, not because his show requires parental consent or anything i'm not really i'm not really sure why you're on so late at night i I really think you should uh, be put on much much earlier for more viewings but anyway that would be cadillac bill not when the children are awake (laughs) my show is never allowed when there's children see i've watched it many times now and i've never seen anything that would cause families to run screaming from their set no trust me the children get uh they get mentally disturbed (laughs) and they end up uh uh, having to uh, be involved with a truant officer. When they, <laughs> by the time they're teenagers, they are a delinquent. They're done. Well, so. and just for anyone who has not seen, and I said this last time when I introduced him, but just for anyone who has not seen Cadillac Bill's show, just to give you a, a kind of a sense of what it's all about or the flavor for it, uh, if you go on YouTube, you can watch an entire recreation, a remake of... Um, um, Downton Abbey called Downtown Alley, which was made with taxidermied rats in period uh, costumes yes. that you did. People I, we know love taxidermied rats. Anything <laughs> to do with stuffed rats, we we know people have great fondness for. That's why we use taxidermied rats. Will there be a season And two? by the way, I actually really believe that the original Downton Abbey um, Julian Childs or Fellows guy who made Downtown. I think his original vision was actually to use stuff, <laughs> stuff taxidermy rats, but he couldn't get them, so he just decided, well, we'll just get the actors. We'll get actors. We'll get, yep. yeah. Will there be a season two? I'm not planning to do any more of the Downton Alleys. In, <laughs> in fact, the uh, Downton Alley episode, season one ends off with World War One, so it would be kind of cool to do a whole World War. All the rats done up in G.I. Joe outfits, all <laughs> being bombed in trenches. You just d- dig a bunch of trenches, fill it with water, and and destroy and kick the risks. Lovely rats. Well, there, shoot I mean, at them. It doesn't have to be Downton Alley or Downton Abbey. I mean, it could be, you could literally do almost any show yeah, with I, the rats. I, I, I've have a series. Of I've thought of, the, of that. Titanic with rats? <laughs> Um, platoon. Platoon? Well, you, you want to stick with this war theme I'm, I'm getting. <laughs> you want to be able to blow up rats is what I'm, uh, what I'm yeah, getting I from so. this. Yeah, yeah. See, I was I, thinking of a nice love story with the no, Rones, but... Well, I'm thinking of a great love story, like Platoon. <laughs> Dirty dancing. Yeah. I don't remember, was Tom yeah. Berenger having any love scenes in uh, in Platoon? I don't recall that, but or Charlie Sheen, I don't remember, yeah. but... No, actually, uh, uh, Apocalypse Now would be great with rats, wouldn't it? it, it <laughs> with... <laughs> With one of those rats rising out of the water, well, like Marlon well, it Brando, would be like Hammy Hamster's <laughs> adventures up the uh, the the. Do you remember Hammy yeah, Hamster? And instead, they're on uh, one of those sort of uh, military boats and being <laughs> shot at by by squirrels with machine guns. <laughs> I I really think we're onto something here. If you are a uh, a movie producer with extra money in your pocket <laughs> that is burning a hole, <laughs> we money. have. We have something for you here. Be in touch with this show. We'll put you in touch with Cadillac Bill, and you too can remake any war movie. Midway. I stand by for Spielberg's phone call. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, no, any any war movie you wish to make, uh, we will do it with taxidermied rats. Um, listen, uh, we got a lot of topics to get to. Some more serious, some less serious. But we're going to talk for uh, the next while here. And I want to start with this one because this this story this to me was the most, I thought, ludicrous story of this entire week. And yet, 
people are taking this incredibly seriously. And, and here it is. There are two women who live in Portland, Oregon, who go on a vacation to Mexico. When they're down there, they are eating Mexican food, specifically burritos, which they love. The The Mexican women, the Mexican chefs, the cooks down there make, obviously, it's a Mexican food, but make these terrific, tremendous mm-hmm. burritos. So these women are quite taken with this. This is a number of years ago. And they spend the rest of their vacation trying to learn from these Mexican women how to make burritos. And when they come home, they are so in love with the... This is a true story. They love the burrito so much, they actually open a food truck in Portland Mm -hmm. serving these imitation but authentic Mexican burritos. Well, this apparently has caused an absolute uproar and outrage in Portland. Now, Portland is a very liberal left-wing city, but regardless, the whole specter of cultural appropriation has been risen that these white Caucasian women should not be allowed to have stolen the recipes and stolen the food from the Mexican women and then made a living off of it because you are stealing their culture and you are not reimbursing them for whatever inspiration they provided. I'm not making this up. This is a huge thing. Well, they were down there a couple of years ago, but it's it's in the last, it's It's in the last couple of weeks that this has blown up. And now the food truck has had to shut down because there's been such criticism of them and so much backlash that the food truck is now no more. Well, are these what do we women make of, wearing sombreros and stuff? Not or? apparently. It's just so they're not mocking them. Oh, it's far from mocking. So it's far just from mocking. Selling good Spanish food. It's good. They yeah. they and and to oh, me the idea was this. What, what was that old saying? It's the saying we've had for as long as I can remember. Imitation, Imitation is, is the form of flattery. Sincerest form of flattery. They loved the food. They're not making fun of it. They're yeah. not putting whale blubber in it or something to make it goofy. Mm-hmm. And they're being told you cannot do this because you are appropriating their culture. Now this is a phrase that we've heard with painters in the last few weeks. We heard a big mm-hmm. backlash against a bunch of media people mm-hmm. who talked about this mm. what do we what's the whole thing with what's what's okay now with different cultures can you can you do anything well it, okay it was, it's like that woman who was ahead of the NAACP and she turned out to be white and she she identified she was going as around black. claiming she was black yes but she was white which is so odd why not just say you're white and say you love black culture can I work for the NWACP, they'd probably said, yes, absolutely. A, a white lady representing us, terrific. Yeah, I, I because would, in, that, you know. in that case, it almost sounds like you're trying to deceive the people. Well, you know? yeah. But in this case, if you're being open and upfront and honest and you're doing it with a smile and you're like any other Joe out there trying to make a buck, trying to make a living, I think it's fantastic that these two women have taken such a joy in, in cooking, in creating an art, and in, in, in helping out. And for the Mexican government and the Portland government, I, you know, it's again. Well, it's not a government this, thing. These are the people rising the people. up, people saying, saying you can't do this. And now I look uh-huh. around Hamilton, Mike, I look, and well, there are the food trucks. There are food trucks. There are restaurants. There's there's Mezcal, which is a terrific restaurant yeah. on James Street. Uh, should they not be? Should people mm. not be allowed to do anything that is not a hundred percent within their cultural Scott, background? Every from now on, every single pizzeria, I'm going to go in there and make sure that they are. Italian, yeah. Because if they're not, well, I'm, I'm going to be upset. What about Chinese food restaurants? Well, but, but I was going to say, look at all the restaurant joints that are run by have Chinese operators. Oh. Again, nothing wrong with it, but I don't care. Look at all the 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 other types of food service industries out there where it's another nationality serving. Who cares? Look at the the Black Forest Inn. It was just sold by uh, the original owners. It's now taken over. It's not German people running it anymore. I don't think. But is German. that if if, if it's, it's not, a not. Big deal? But see, some people would say they are. This whole thing, came, we've seen this with art. There was a woman in Toronto, and I can't remember her name, JP or JT or something, um, who paints in a native style, a traditional native style. She's not native. And there are people who are very upset saying she is, she is stealing without understanding the culture. She is stealing their culture and making a living off it and, re- and preventing. See, here's the thing. It's not just that she's doing this. It's that they would say she is, as a white person, as a privileged person, she is stealing the opportunity for native people to make a living off that by the white person doing that. So she gets to make the money while the native people who came up with the idea or created it are left out in the woods. I think it's ridiculous. You go to Mexico, you can go to a McDonald's. You go to Mexico, you can buy a Rolex. Is that, are you not allowed to do that in Mexico? 
You, you know what I'm oh. saying? No, it's a, it's it's a it, it, it's, this is this is the part to me that is tricky about this. I'm, I don't think it's tricky at all. Scott, I'm flabbergasted. It, it comes I'm speechless. It comes down to people just, and I've said this a hundred times on the show. People are just overly sensitive about everything nowadays. It wasn't mm-hmm. their idea. We don't like it. You know, but the food the food is probably fantastic. Maybe they're jealous because it's lining up. Like these poor ladies now that's have to pro- shut everything that's down. Probably it is. That's probably they're jealous because people love the food. And if the people didn't like the food, no one would care. My my um. thought about this is I, I'm I I am with you ninety nine percent of the way. I know that there are people out there who have had opportunities taken away from them because of their culture, because of their background, because of their race. We've over the years we know this to be the case. But but how I guess the question I have now is how do you possibly police this or undo this now? Use Mike. We'll use you as a perfect example. You are Hamilton's biggest Elvis fan. Mm-hmm. Many people back in the day, and I think it's still acknowledged. Elvis took the sound and the music and the style of black singers mm-hmm. and popularized it because he was a white singer. Well, you could argue that he culturally appropriated African American yeah. yeah. culture. He became wealthy. Yeah. They didn't. But he also embraced the culture. He he hung out at and, and at churches on Sundays and he embraced himself in that culture with the blues bands, with the choirs. They were all friends to him as well. Be, just because your voice is heard on the radio and someone thinks, boy, that voice, he sure sounds African American or whatever the politically correct way of saying that is, that's up to the eyes of the listener. Or the ears of the listener. <laughs> as soon as soon as you well, see the eyes that, too in that as, as soon as you he- see the person who's singing, it really shouldn't matter. Wow, what but a great voice! Wow, these... what a great what a great burrito this is! This uh, yeah. is I don't care who makes it; it's these, fantastic. The women who are making the burritos, maybe they were hanging out with the Spanish women, and maybe they were friends. Well, that's what Scott said. So how yeah. do we know why? Why is it that? Uh, People are assuming that they're just stealing from these Spanish. Well, th- oh. this whole thing, let me just uh, give you a little more background, although I don't think it really changes much. But they basically said that they were they were telling a story. They were in a feature in a magazine in Portland, I guess. And as they told the story of how they found this, um, some people interpreted what they had done as having stolen the recipe. Now, again, the tr- the trouble with the idea that if you take someone else's Recipe, well, not recipe. It wasn't a recipe directly. It's a, it's a concept. A- that would mean every fusion restaurant. We have a lot of fusion restaurants or mixes now would have to be shut down because you can't. Every it means that y- you would essentially have to do a a uh, check on every chef at every restaurant or every owner to make sure they are pure of that nationality, or else they should not be. It's, it's, so then you're shutting down every Taco Bell, and you're shutting well, down every yeah. old Taco El Paso. Bell, right. You're shutting down every old El Paso box of tacos in the food basics and the the, the salsa and the refried beans and the Mexican rice. Then too, I see. I think that there is such a thing. I'm not. I am not arguing that there is no such thing as cultural appropriation. I do believe that there have been cases where you have had people who have been in a position of power over the years, who have taken ideas from people who don't have power, taken those ideas and enriched themselves from that. I absolutely Agreed. believe that has existed and that has happened and, and still does. However, however, that's, that's, and that's a problem. That, and that I give full, that, that's something that should be dealt with and that's something that should be resolved. This, though, to me, seems like when you start to wander down a path, and you get into more and more silly and more and more silly, you end up here. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, somebody pointed out this week, you know, Justin Trudeau, our prime minister, on his shoulder has a large native Haida tattoo. Should he then have to get that surgically removed, get it lasered off because he is not native? Well, no, I look at that and I say, seems to me that is, whether you like him or not, that is him in some way expressing his admiration for native culture, for native people. Why would you put that on your body if you didn't respect them and like them? Mm -hmm. But some people say, no, 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 that would be cultural appropriation. So everyone that gets a Harley Davidson tattoo or a Toronto Maple Leafs tattoo, same thing. No? Uh, Well, that would be, I think, different because you're not talking about a culture 
per se. You're not you're talking about, about something a, that is culturally you're significant. You're talking about the biker world. You're taught you you're, you're rep- you know it's, it's the bike it's the it's the it's about being a biker. Well, if I wore if I wore about being a Leaf fan. If I wore bike colors, the bikers might actually take cultural appropriation to their own hands. They might deal with it differently. But it's um, there has to be more to this story. Than, than well, what's in it, fact, in pr- what's printed here. Let okay. me tell you the third part about this. Oh, there is actually third part. Okay. no, no. There is actually the, it, it the takes trifecta. it further. It takes it further. There is an um, an anonymous author online who has now in Portland published a list of all the white-owned appropriative restaurants in the city, urging wow. customers to stay away from them. So, what does this author have the beef with? What is this author's? We don't know because they're anonymous. Crooking or cross? We don't see? know, but it's it just it's it, this is the thing we we've had the the appropriation discussion has it it really started about two weeks ago, if you recall, in the piece in that magazine in Toronto where the uh, the author argued for appropriation because what he was saying was, look, if you can, if I Bill comes from a different part of the world than I do. Bill and I have different backgrounds. If I can write something from Bill's perspective, maybe it allows me to put myself in Bill's shoes and understand it better. That was his argument. Makes it was sense. not met with, and he did it okay, but it also then it raised, well, yeah, but if I then do that, I am stealing Bill's, if I'm a position, in a position of power, if I have a voice and yeah, Bill and does it, I've taken Bill's. And if you're making lots of money off of off your story, something that came from. The little town of Bletchingley from England, and you aren't, and I'm from Bletchingley, and you. That's that's the but idea. You know what, Scott? This. Go ahead, <laughs> do it. <laughs> Pretend you're from Bletchingley and make a lot of money. And that's and that's what you say. Not everybody yeah. says that, and so and and I understand some people, some some groups have been very under underrepresented, have been beaten down, have been put down. We all understand. I'm not. I am not arguing that cultural appropriation hasn't happened. What I'm saying is there comes a point in any argument when yeah. it becomes so silly that you've lost your way so significantly from the essential mm-hmm. bit of it. I don't think that there was a chance that the Mexican women that these two Portland cooks. I don't think these Mexican women are losing any money because a food truck opened in yeah, Portland. They're right? not losing, but maybe they're not making it. No, but if they had driven the food truck down and parked the food truck now outside the Mexican women's mm-hmm. huts or stores or whatever it is down in Mexico and then drawn customers away, I could say, yes, you know what? Then you have a situation. But if you're thousands of miles away and you are cooking their style of cooking, look, go to the grocery store. We have... Every single style of sauce and spice and everything else, yep. you can create it. That you can create. You you're can in, create and it they, yourself, and you're supposed to. Why is there Why is there mm-hmm. curry at the grocery store if I'm not supposed to cook with curry? Exactly, Italian the, seasoning. You mother name it. Tucker's restaurants. You think those are run by actual mothers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. I'm sure this some of the people there have had kids. If they're not mothers, it is. Um, I, I'd like to – it's too bad that this author is anonymous because I would like to know what his or her beef is and this author is somehow making money as a paid freelance or whatever this person – you know, however they're, they're making money off of this and they're getting some some traction off of this now, right? Oh, sure. And, and why, why do you have to affect other people's lives? Is it because it's freedom of speech? But why do you get to be so – um, open with your thoughts and opinions, yet you won't put your name and your face to well, it. Well, that's always the thing. But here, here's my thing. Here's as we got to go to a break. Here's my thing with the whole cultural appropriation argument. If you can establish that I have stolen from you the opportunity for you to make your living with your story, then I would. Or if I'm mocking your story, if I'm saying, oh, if I'm talking from a native perspective or an English perspective, whatever else, and I'm mocking it and making fun of it. I can I can clearly say I, I get that part of it that that is that is cultural appropriation in a negative way. But if I'm doing something that is seemingly with all the right intentions, with with good attitude, with if I'm building that up and if I'm trying to understand you or trying to share your story or trying to share your culture, and I'm not doing it in a way that's taking a dime out of your pocket or that I'm doing it to make you look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. I don't That's see tough. that being a problem. I agree. I don't see that being a problem. In fact, I see that in a lot of ways as being a compliment. If I write about, what's the name of the place again? Bletchingly. Bletchingly. Little if, town of Bletchingly. If I go to Bletchingly and I write about it, oh. and I end up making selling a book about Bletchingly, and an author from Bletchingly doesn't, 
That's right. But if I've written about it in a way that makes people say, you know, I want to go visit Bletchley, I don't see that as being a negative thing. But some when, do. when just the opportunity d- sees itself, you got to go for it. And S- Scott, just business. don't open up a restaurant Bletchley food because it'll be absolutely ghastly food. What, what, what kind of food would it be? Leftovers, <laughs> cold, <laughs> cold leftovers, cold le- haggis. Yeah, well, that, well no, no, that's more. Yeah, that, that, blood that sausage, one. black sausage. Black sausage By the way, I I got to say something very brief. When I was a boy, my parents were so poor, we actually, on Fridays, we had cat food and nettles. My dad, because Friday... Seriously? Yeah, no, I'm not... nettles? uh, Stinging nettles. You boil them. Well, they don't have nettles in Canada. But my mum would go out into into the back area and pick these nettles, and she'd boil them. Because by Friday... She'd run out of money, so she was literally giving us cat food and nettles. You just gave me Friday. a food truck idea. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> and no, and and I'm not making this up. That is, but uh, basically, my memories of food from Bletchingley is not good. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show weeknights from seven to nine on AM nine hundred CHML. Uh, we heard this week that. Um, uh, dear Carla Homolka is now oh. volunteering in her children's elementary school. I'm. I don't know whether to be more baffled by the school or more blown away that she somehow thinks this is a good idea, though I don't give any credit to the fact that she has any common sense whatsoever. Nonetheless, the part that really became interesting this week, if that wasn't interesting enough, was NDP leader Thomas Mulcair. And I'm not going to give the short, short headline because I think he was misquoted in a lot of ways, and I want to be fair. But he suggested that he's wondering whether, not suggesting we do, I don't, want to, I don't want to make him the target of our scorn, but he was wondering whether people would be able to forgive at some point Carla Homolka. Now, he didn't say forget, and I want to be clear, there's two different things. There's forgetting, and we should no. never forget. You don't want to let no, someone no, like that never. walk around without people recognizing who she is. But it, should we... As a society, and it, 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 I don't know how you do it as a society, but should we forgive someone like this? Let it's me, a really difficult question. Let me say, Carla Hamalka did not spend not even close to enough time in Absolutely. jail. She should not be forgiven. She should not be forgotten. She should still be punished because she got off scot-free. And she got off because the... The uh, the RCMP weren't doing their job. They should have just. They had all the videotapes. They had all the proof, but they needed her for some reason. To well, it was her that gave them the videos. But the but where they could have caught her up was she never told them about her sister being killed. They could yeah. have. They could have. So they got basically they just used her to do their job. To, to do the investigation, and now she gets out after what six years in jail? Yeah, eleven, I think, eleven or twelve. 12 but it was, it was not, twelve. But Mike, what about it? What about the idea of, of forgiving? And that, no. that, that, that's no. the question. You know, you, you read um, throughout the states, and there have been some horrendous murders and um, uh, people sitting uh, about to go to the death chair, or whatever the case might be, and you will hear. In court statements or moments before the lethal injection is put, you will hear family members that will actually stamp, stand up and actually say, we forgive you. You know, we, we, we feel sorry for you. Uh, may God be with you. Whatever the case may be, may be. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. That's their personal choice. People have a choice in this world. You're right. You will never forgive. But if someone w- – or, or forget – but if someone wants to forgive, that's their personal choice for them on how they want to deal with the pain that they are going through. I don't think anyone here in southern Ontario or Canada, for that matter, will ever forgive Carla Homolka. Is it our place to forgive her or is it only the vic- up to the victim's families wh- and friends whether well, that, she should be forgiven? Too. That's a like, is it, question, is it right. our – You are right. It's only the up to the family to forgive. It's not up to us to forgive it, anyway. Yeah, that's right. It hasn't emotionally hurt us. Sure, we've uh. thought about it. And we hold our kids a little tighter. But it hasn't affected us on a daily basis because we get up, brush our teeth, give our kids a hug and, and we go on with our day. The people that are truly affected by it, they are the ones, I believe, that have the choice to forgive or not. And if you don't want to forgive, by all means, don't. One more thing. Uh, do 
in order for, regardless of how we want to parse this question, does someone have to, in your mind, ask for forgiveness before they could get it? Because Carla Homolka has never, to, yeah. to my recollection, I ever said, so. listen, I did a horrible, horrible thing and I beg your forgiveness and I know you can't, but blah, blah. Do, does someone have to ask for it or can you give it just spontaneously? You're absolutely right. You should ask for it. And she's never asked for it. I don't think anyone should forgive her. I think people should be allowed to throw eggs at her, throw anything they want at her. I think uh, that's the right people. If She should be an outlaw. But that's not you should be allowed s- to do whatever you want. That's not because, the society she we live in, though. Never, but, but she never uh, uh, served her, her sentence. The fact that she was well, allowed no, to get did, out. She served her sentence that but she was given. The, the sentence was unfair. Right, it was a wrong sentence. So yeah. she was never officially punished properly. Well, and again, I'm not defending her by any means, but she had a, a an excellent lawyer. Well, She had a lawyer that oh. found the loopholes, knew the system, and, and worked out the deal, you know. So, again, I'm not defending her. What she did was sick and twisted. You should still be allowed to whip eggs at her in public. Okay, but now, that, but then, but I then you're going to get arrested for assault yourself. Know, and is yeah, it really truly and worth it? The, well, that's the sad thing is, yeah, I would get arrested. And that's but sad. let's take your idea though for a second, Bill. Let's pull it back just a little bit because no one's going to actually, I don't think, be throwing eggs. But what about the idea though of when she's walking down the street, someone yells something at her? Is Great. that and how that's do we know good. that doesn't happen? That's Maybe good. it does. But do you have a problem with that, Mike? If someone were to yeah. do that. If, if she's walking down the street and Correct. someone yells at her, you're a killer, you're a vile human, whatever yeah. they want to yell, yeah. do you have a problem with that? I, yeah, I, I'd have to give that more thought. Uh, top of my head, I'd probably feel kind of embarrassed to want to get away from the whole situation. I wouldn't want to get involved. I, I don't know if, that, I don't know I if that's a cop-out answer or not. I think people should be encouraged to yell at her. That's what but I again, think. we're not that type of uh, – but, uh, but then you're, you're kind of uh, – here we go. I don't want to say the name – then you're kind of being like a Trump. You're yelling down at people. But, John... We're, we're better than that as a society. If she had done 20 or 30 years in jail, I would say, okay, she's done her time, fine. So you would forgive her if she did t- 20 or 30 years, the, but not the, 12. Yeah, yeah. The After fact everything that, she did. The fact... Well, probably not. No, I'm mean, she'd be in jail forever. But 12 years in jail, she is not paid to, for her crimes. What, what, what I think so, has driven most people crazy about this, besides the brevity of the sentence, is that it was six or seven or eight years ago that we had a reporter track her down in Guadeloupe, mm-hmm. uh, living not a luxurious life by any stretch, if you read that short book that came out, um, but certainly not a horrible life. And then she moves back to Montreal, and she's living in uh, Notre Dame de Grasse, which is a nice area of Montreal, by the sound that's where the school is anyway. And has some kids and has a husband and, and seems to be She's doing again, good. She's I don't know if great. I don't know if her life is glamorous by any stretch, but certainly it's a lot better than Paul Bernardo's life and it's yeah. a whole heck of a oh, lot yeah. better than Kristen French and Leslie Mahaffey's situation. She's doing very well considering what what she's done. And that She I think, doesn't deserve to be living well. No, and that I think Mike is what I've, really drives people nuts. If even if she, even if and maybe this is just us being frustrated and angry and horrible angry people. But I think if a lot of people looked and saw her living in squalor or if she looked like yeah, she was not correct. having mm-hmm. a good life, we'd be oh, more okay with it. But the fact that she looks like she's doing better than some other Canadians sure. will make people crazy. But do you do you blame her? Or do you blame the system? I blame both. Well, how can you blame her? She, you know, she, she. Well, yeah. That's how can true. I blame how, her? I'll how, tell you how I blame her. I'll tell you how I blame her in this case for committing the crime. Well, for a for committing the crimes, but that goes beyond. That that goes without saying. We know that right off the bat. If she had an ounce of humanity and an ounce of respect for the people around her, she would not. She would make a point of being as unseen as possible. Just mm-hmm. don't. Don't do things that you know are going to rub it in people's faces. She She's not a stupid woman, I don't believe. And she has to know, when I volunteer at my kid's school with children, and I killed three children, mm-hmm. that is someone's going to be upset by that. Don't, don't be... No. There's no way she can be so blind that she would say, I had no idea that was going to cause some outrage. Right, but is she going into the school with a big uh, sandwich board Doesn't on her matter. saying, I, I'm Carla Homoka and Doesn't this is matter. what I did, but I want to volunteer? Matter. Doesn't matter. She, she, she should know by now, I'm out, I'm lucky, I am going to stay in the mm-hmm. shadows, and I am going to be in, 
significant I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. It, I see what you're saying. I am going to not yeah. make it so that I'm driving people nuts. Yes. She should be ashamed yes. to go out. Yes. That's it. She yes. Should be a- you're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. We, um... <laughs> We all saw the uh, the outrage, the outcry uh, a few days ago when um, alleged comedian Kathy Griffin took that picture. Alleged. Uh, I, well, I got to be honest with you. Um, regardless of politics, I've never actually found oh. her to be very funny. Hasn't she always no. been like a B list? Uh, I think Hollywood. B is giving her a lot of credit. Or is it C? She's kind of funny looking. Well, well she's, she's she, funny looking. I, I've I never just, been a fan of hers no. either. I know where you're coming from. But anyway, so she holds up. The, I'm sure everyone saw the picture now. She takes this picture. Uh, of her holding up a faux decapitated Donald Trump head that is covered in blood. It looks like something ISIS would do. Yeah. And people from every political spectrum, not just Republicans, yeah, no. not just right-wing people, everybody every- of the whole spectrum goes, are you out of your mind? Like, this is so far beyond the pale. And I say, mm-hmm. this is ISIS stuff. This is stuff that ISIS puts out on promotional videos of decapitated heads and stuff. And so, of course... Uh, CNN fires her from her New Year's Eve gig with Anderson Cooper and on and on and on. Well, today she held a press conference. Yeah, I missed it. What well, you, you didn't oh, miss yeah, much. this you, is a doozy you, of what? You didn't miss much yeah. because somehow... Well, she, she was crying. Somehow she now has pulled out the biggest victim card and says oh. she is being bullied. She, president Trump is trying to ruin her life. She is being harassed. This yeah. is the President of the United States is trying to ruin her. When... <laughs> What I'm trying to get at is, how have we lost the? Uh, and again, this is not an argument about Donald Trump or anyone else. Sure. How have we lost the ability in our culture to say, you know what? Sometimes you make a mistake, mm-hmm. and when you do, God knows the, I've made a few. But there are consequences, and yep. and she knew immediately that she made a mistake. Mm-hmm. But rather than say, you know what, I I made a mistake and. Man, what a dumb thing if to do. She, if she knew immediately, she she would have known as soon as the idea was presented to her, she should have known. She was saying, there's a video of the photo session. Okay. And in it, she is mm-hmm. saying, we're going to have to move to Mexico. We're going to get run out of the country for this. This is so outrageous. She knows okay. as it's happening that, that this is going to blow up in her face, and she does it anyway. <laughs> My question is, where? why have we suddenly decided, and I don't think it's just her, that any time something goes wrong, it must be the fault of someone else, or at least you cannot accept full responsibility for your behavior. If she had simply stood up and said, you know what, I did something totally ridiculous. I don't like the man, but this was so far beyond the pale, and I accept full responsibility. You know what, in about three weeks, people would have started hiring her again for gigs, even though, again, I don't. she well, and Dave would... Cook could go on tour and I wouldn't laugh once. But nonetheless, <laughs> um, I, I just don't understand this, this everybody's a victim thing. Well, she's blaming Donald Trump now. Yes. So this is what people do nowadays. Whatever's going, going wrong, you just play, blame Donald Trump. Yes. Eight years after, yeah. we had to blame George Bush for everything. Yeah, yeah, Didn't matter right. what happened. George but W. Bush. My, I got a flat yeah. tire. Somehow, George yeah. W. Bush's roads yeah. were at fault now, for... And uh, before that was Reagan. Yes. Now it's Donald Trump's fault. And I don't know if I'm getting away from your question here. If I am, Scott, I apologize. You know, I've followed some of the news stories on this. How is what Donald... How is what this happened with Kathy Griffin? How does this have anything different to do with when people would hang or, or have pictures of Barack Obama being lynched and hanged? I, I would agree with you. I, I agree that 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 it, the difference. I think there's two things. Um, those were despicable, as were when George W. Bush was president, and they would constantly hold up signs, uh, pictures of him as Hitler, which mm-hmm. was ridiculous. It, there's every president is the subject of these kind of things. Mm-hmm. The one difference is that if that happens at a rally, I look at the people who are doing that, and I go, yeah. "You're a moron. Yeah. You're an idiot." But you're not someone who has the platform yeah. and the celebrity status, whatever it is, that you – we talked about – I used this phrase on the show uh, a few days ago. It's from the Bible, but it's to whom much is given, much is required, mm-hmm. right? You have a bigger platform and you have a celebrity. You are expected to be better than the average person If you person were a great crowd. comedian, let's say 10 years ago, like George Carlin, if he had held up a picture of Barack Obama – you know, being lynched or something, he would have been kicked right out of, of the uh, entertainment world. Well, you he, know, he would have never got a job it's again. It's in interesting life. you say that. And there's an article, and I don't want to paraphrase, but I suggest people Google it. Jim Carrey is actually standing up for 
for her. Is he? He stood up for her. There's a very interesting article. Um, I suggest you go and read it just so you get a, a comics perspective uh, where he is basically saying, you know, we're, we're, we're that last line. You know, we're, we, you know this is where it, it reality and, and – and, and But I, the thing of it is, is it wasn't funny. If it had been funny, you could say, okay, it was hey, clever it, it was something. good, it was yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. You can do anything in comedy if it's funny. And here's the other part about this one. But if it's not one. funny, it's – you know. I go back to my original comment is what she chose to do – looks far too similar to the atrocities that are happening with ISIS and with other people. So it's not, So it looks like that, and people are very uncomfortable with that. I agree with you, Mike. If there's a rally, if there's someone holding up a, a lynching of, of Barack Obama or something, they should be held to account for that. But they're not celebrities. They're not famous. And remember when, uh, what was her name? Who was the singer on Saturday? Sinead O'Connor, mm-hmm. when she yeah. tore up the picture yeah. of the Pope. Not exactly the same because it wasn't as graphic as this picture was. But again, the outcry it was killed her career. It did. Yeah. It did. Oh, and this. you, when you have that celebrity status, you have extra yep. responsibility. Yep. And you and she blew it. We got to go so, to break. So we're saying freedom of speech is no longer. No, it is. It is. But there are always limits to where that freedom of speech lies. And this was beyond that. And now she's saying though that she's the victim. I don't think she's a victim. If I wrote if I wrote that or said this on this show something like that, I would expect that there would be that kind of blowback. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show weeknights from seven to nine on AM nine hundred CHML. Did either of you catch this uh, little announcement that slid in this week that a lot of people missed? But boy, oh boy, I'm I'm really hoping we continue to miss this and this doesn't gain any traction. <laughs> Premier Philippe Couillard of Quebec has announced that you know what the time is right to reopen the constitutional debate because things really have changed in this country a lot and it's time to really figure out how we can make Quebec happy again within constitution. You mean them leaving? <laughs> well, I, I suppose about? I suppose that's the you know the threat that always comes up shortly after these discussions. Well, I can't imagine what else they could be talking about. What the, how, r- the right to be able to serve burritos <laughs> served by white people? Is is that there? Is that what the constitution? I just I, th- this is the document that he has brought forward to start this discussion is called Quebecers, our way of being Canadians. So at least the idea that they want to be Canadian is within the document. So we're not starting from a separatist position, which I suppose is a positive. Although I'm not believing that we're not going to go down that direction if things don't go well, but. Is Prime Minister Trudeau, would he be, as I think he would, do you, Mike, do you think he would be completely off his gourd if he were to say, yes, let's begin some constitutional discussions? Do you think that that, that he would have, or if he were to say yes, should he be immediately put into a straitjacket and taken to a rubber room? <laughs> yeah, it's that, that's a tricky one. You know, uh, again, I don't get too worked up about that type of stuff. I have always been the type of person to believe that any type of educated, well-thought-out conversation where there isn't a lot of yelling and screaming is a good conversation to have because from that can come potentially other ideas or better ideas. And from there, you can then start to branch out and truly look at maybe making some changes if necessary. Again, as long as everyone keeps a cool head about themselves. But that themselves, never happens with this conversation. Which is very unfortunate. Can I just say, Mike, you're a reasonable fella. Thank you. I wish My I wife was, would say otherwise. I wish I was more like Mike. I just can't. And I I'm agree. Like, I'm like the opposite of Mike. <laughs> I, but I see, I agree with Mike. It would be delightful if we could have this as if an we adult all, If we were more like Mike. If we were all more like Mike, the world would be better. Let me in there. Let me have a little chat with him. Yeah, we'll but I just, whole thing I just don't recall I, from previous discussions with either Rene Levesque or later on uh, with, uh, um, who was it last time? I can't even remember now. Um, well. Rocket uh, Rashad. No, the, but, but the, we can never, there's no. never a calm discussion when this topic comes up. It may start with good intentions, but it quickly spirals into something horrible. Well, and I think what happens is egos get in the way. And, a lot of things get in the way. Uh, well, a lot of things. But I think one of the big things is egos. And if it's not my idea, then it's not the right thing to do. And, um, you know, my mom recently just taught me a little lesson that she learned from her days in high school. You have to be able to communicate to collaborate to reach that ultimate common goal. And it's unfortunate that more and more people 
don't do that because it's all about nowadays. It's all about me. It's all about getting my name on social media, getting my name on, uh, mm. out there. And that's really too bad when there is a, a much better, greater good out there for Quebec, for Canada, for the human race in general. Look, as long as Quebec has Kala Hamalka, we should ask them to leave. <laughs> we should ask them to go now. S- start the Quebecit. Begin the process of Quebecit. As long as you've got Carla Hamolka, get rid of her, and then we'll be happy to uh, Scott, I'm going to ask you, because I have a lot of respect for you, and I like how you articulate things. What are your thoughts on the question that you posed to Bill and I? I just see that I see no upside to this whatsoever. I can see no positive to opening this discussion because we've proven time and time again that we cannot have a reasonable discussion around this. It immediately devolves into something angry, and the separatists then start to get their backs confidence and, and backs up. And maybe, I mean, we don't live in Quebec, so maybe we don't understand what a lot of Quebecers feel, that somehow they are being hard done by or that Canada is not partly about them or whatever else. I, I've i never understood that because it seems to me that Quebec does very nicely within Canada. But I'm not a Quebecer, so I'm I'm yeah. probably not the one to 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 talk about how Quebecers feel. But I can tell you, I really believe that if this was to be open now, we would now not just be opening the Quebec discussion because we've heard hints of it before. If this were to start, I almost guarantee that in 2017, Alberta would start saying, "Hey, what about us? We're going to do the same thing because we've heard about Western. We've heard about yeah. Alberta secession that sure. before. By the way, I just want to say I'm the first person to say Quebecit. Yeah, that is. You I did, coined that. You, I, I yeah. came, came you should trademark it. it. So Bill is going to step out for the next 10 minutes to draw yeah. up a legal yeah. document to then trademark an, an, that. An anonymous uh, author get upset with you because you're going to make money off of it. Uh, Quebecit, everyone. Quebecit. Hey, that's got a nice rhyme to it. Eh? It, it sounds uh, good. You know, you could actually do Quebec a, should split just because it sounds good. Quebecit. You think about, though, what a huge... You could do a preamble document with rats running for the border. everyone. <laughs> running for the border, yeah, with a little Mexican twist. Um, you know, it, it would be it would be fascinating, I think, nowadays to have that conversation again. I, I, again, I have no problem with having the conversation, but think about what a different Lucien Bouchard. Pardon me, there that's what go. I was thinking of before. Think about what a different country we we would be, you know, and and think about the. I don't think the Quebecers would truly realize the impact it would have on them if they did did go forward with this and if they did get. I agree. Out. I agree. I also know that we would be particularly horrible at the Winter Olympics. In Canada, because all of our medalists, so many of our medalists come from Quebec. And we would lose our Cirque du Soleil, because that's... Yeah, no more tickets for Cirque du Soleil. No, again, I I look at this and I hear this and I just, I blanch. I I literally, my teeth start to grind because I just remember the last time, and what was it, 51% and the, you know, the panic about what would happen. And and we're going through, you talk about Quebecit, great word. But thank with, you. But thank with thank Britain, you. with Brexit, and now they're in a complete panic, a lot of people over there, about, well, what does this actually mean? How do we do this? We, we've talked about it, but now – and suddenly, mm. now that it's reality, it's very clear over there, they don't have a clue how you undo and untangle all these things. I think they're going to be fine. I think they'll be just fine. Oh, There's I think they will. A lot of people are panicking, but – See, England wasn't even allowed in the EU until 1973. The French forbid, they forbade England from joining. England wanted to join, and in 1948, right up until 73, England was forbidden to be in it. And then they finally said, okay, we'll let the English in. And then a year after, in 74, England then had a referendum to leave a year after. But then they said, okay, well, we'll stay. So England managed fine without being in the EU. Um, yeah, and Quebec so. would do the same if they left. That you know they would manage. You wake up the next day, you put your pants on one leg at a time, you get your shoes, you, you do everything normally. Pantalon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Then Saskatchewan's <laughs> going to want to leave. That's right. Saskatchewan will want to break off, and then we'll yeah. be very sad if Saskatchewan <laughs> leaves. That'll be terrible. I don't know. I, I'm I'm just I'm seriously hoping that uh, younger Trudeau. Mm-hmm. Seeing that, I mean, his father essentially sort of launched this whole thing, or at least allowed this to begin to come into play, and then living through the other ones we've had, I really hope that he will turn to them, and he's already said we're not going to do this, but as pressure, if pressure starts to build, I really hope he will say, 
You can keep talking to yourself, but I'm not listening. La, 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 fingers in my ear. La, 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 la. Not going to listen to you. We're not going to do this. not going anywhere. They don't seem as angry and dissatisfied and separatist-ish. As 10 years ago or so. Well, was it 20 years ago now? Something like that, yeah. It's a different world we live in now. Now, Saskatchewan is upset. They want to leave, I'm sure. Well, no, and, I'm kidding. And Alberta, no, but Alberta has talked about it before. Well, now, not under this current government, but in the past when they've been very ticked off about what's happening in Ottawa, Alberta has talked about breaking away. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I don't think ever seriously, but you know, you start. Well, where to, are they going to go? Well, that's right. How, do you, how do you? But the point is, once you start to disassemble something. You can see other pieces falling off. Like it become, it, it just becomes a nightmare. We have enough problems to deal with without getting ta- caught up in another Meech Lake Accord or whatever else discussions or Charlottetown Accord talks. We don't need that now. We got other things yeah. to worry oh, about. Agreed. God, if, you're making us all panic. If, if, you're, you're unnecessarily run, run. We're panicking going. us. My question is, who would be responsible for building the wall and paying for it if no. Quebec left? Oh, Quebec, of course. <laughs> oh, Pink Floyd should pay for the wall. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. In England, somebody, a couple people who worked for the uh, a museum in England that has specialized in World War II artifacts, they have written a book called Weird War II. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And this is all different ideas that the Allies and especially the British had had to try and deal yeah. with the Germans that yeah. never really caught on. Yeah. They, they, this was like in, – I know, in, Yeah, I, I know it, they had some pretty crazy uh, – Well, in James Bond. You know, whenever James Bond goes into the lab and Q is there and he has yep. all these things. Well, this is like early Q, yeah. Yeah. only really not well thought out. <laughs> so, And what, the reason I, I go through that long preamble, one of the things – that they had come up with um, was they dead rats that were stuffed with explosives <laughs> that they were going to lay out somehow. So when the Germans came by, now why the, they thought the Germans would see a rat and immediately move towards it, I'm not entirely sure. I like I you know I I know a lot of German people and I don't know a lot of Nazis or people who fought in the war, yeah. but I don't think that they're known for approaching rats for being attracted to no dead, I don't dead think rats. so. So that was one of the bad ideas that never really caught on. Uh, here's another one that. Um, uh, that I don't know how this one would have worked. So they had bars, chocolate bars, that were spiked with garlic flavor. Now, here's where, again, it gets very odd, because they were going to parachute allies into the the battle zone at night with the apparent hope that the smell on their breath would allow them to blend in with the locals. Oh, come on. Oh, what wow. did they think were the people living in <laughs> war-torn be... parts of Europe that everybody smelled bad? Like Chocolate it was... and garlic? Yeah, this Jeez. was... They're not vampires. <laughs> I mean, if you're fighting against Dracula, this was a great idea. Well, the, the, the first uh, um, uh, missile, honing missile, was, was to be actually operated by pigeons, and the pigeons would peck... <laughs> At at the screen to guide the missile to a certain location. <laughs> okay, sure. here's yeah. my here's my favorite one that so far. I'm just reading through this as we go along. This is my favorite one, and again, as I introduce it, just imagine the scientist who came up with this idea and then went to his boss and said, "Oh, I got a good one. I got a really good idea. We could do." London Zoo supplied them with fresh dung from a number of animals, which the outfits. Which they could model in plastic then, inside which they held hid explosives. So they were tra- testing out explosive mule droppings to blow up cars in Italy and camel dung bombs in North Africa. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, again, I'm just I'm picturing these guys parachuting from the sky with giant bags of camel poo. Why don't they just drop the poo and? And just leave it or be. just drop the bombs. Sort of yeah. Disrupt the en- enemy that way. I mean, that'd be nasty. Yeah, they they carpet bomb during the war. Why would you have to disguise the yeah. bombs at all? Why yeah. do you have to make it like poo? Yeah. Just drop yeah. the bombs. Hey, it was a different yeah, time, though, right? right? Different time. Trying to get that edge. Anything yeah, that was different, I guess. There's nothing worse than war. Walking along and you step in a piece of dung. Yeah, while you're eating, <laughs> a, terrible. While That's you're right. eating a garlic Good. chocolate God. bar. Yeah, sadly, you, you, you've God. sadly seen your friends die I, horrible I deaths in the trenches. But if you step in a piece of dog poo, man, that really ruins your day. My God, this war has gone too far. (laughs) This is terrible. Uh, The one great picture 
that uh, I did not know this happened. This is not to do with a bomb or anything, but uh, apparently farmers on the, in the English countryside concerned because when they would have the blackouts because of the uh, the raids and stuff, they took to painting stripes, white paint stripes on their livestock so they wouldn't be hit by cars driving without lights at night. Hmm. So you wouldn't run into a cow that was just wandering across the street. You would think you'd be What's walking the around. What's cow going, doing on the road anyway? I don't know, but all I'm thinking is these poor drivers who are already stressed out because there's bombings going on everywhere are driving and seeing heavily overweight zebras now moving slowly through the English countryside. <laughs> well, what about the poor cows? Yeah, well, the, yeah, the poor cows who now are, cows. are feeling shame because oh. they're painted like stripey. <laughs> stripey. But again, yeah. like you said, it, it was yeah. a different time, right? And like people are probably yeah. thinking that thing, all right, well, they're probably driving a Ford Taurus and they're zipping down. No, that wasn't the case. They're, yeah, it was different. They, they, they're in a lot slower cars. Yeah, why Why were the people, cows grazing the road? Maybe they weren't fenced in. They had a lot more freedom, yeah. you know? Besides, people were crazy back then. That's true, too. Well, here's the last one that I'll, I'll share with you was uh, the Bishop of Chelmsford. Now, I don't know where, you know where Chelmsford <laughs> well, I've is. I've never heard of All right, Chelmsford. The Bishop of Chelmsford oh. suggested that the mournful wail of the air raid sirens were upsetting and devastating to the people. I mean, you're, you know, you know something bad's going to happen. So that should be replaced by the recording of a happy cock-a-doodle-doo. How, how, well, <laughs> that's going to get so you now, running. They yes, should have just had Vera Lynn playing over the loudspeakers <laughs> instead. Whenever there's an air raid, just have Vera Lynn. Suddenly you hear a whole bunch of, like, really upbeat chickens, and you uh. that is supposed to send you to the bomb shelters? I'm not, I would think, hey, it's dinner time. <laughs> and then, you know, then you're dead. It's... um. Interesting ideas that we come up with in the fog of war, but they're. Uh, but you know what? You were. I was going to say you were ahead of your time with the taxidermy rats. You were actually way behind your time. Uh, brilliant! They should have done it back then, and there would have been no war. That's right. Dress them up in period no. costumes and fill them with <laughs> explosives, and we could have averted war altogether. Hitler would have just said, "Forget it." <laughs> the Scott Radley Show, weeknights from seven to nine on AM nine hundred AM nine hundred CHML. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.